This is gonna be awesome. I can feel it in my bones. Okay, I'm recording. Right, sure. So my name is Andrei Onel. That's how you actually pronounce it in my native language. I live in Bucharest, Romania. And what's your role at Zencaster? Do you have a title? So I'm a senior front-end uh, developer. I just uh, am responsible for everything that's user-facing um, and everything that in, works in the browser. And that is awful. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Quit putting yourself <laughs> <That's>... down! <laughs> and this is why we love Andre. Actually, he's the first person Josh hired to help with Zencaster. They met on a tech chat board, of course, about four years ago. And Zencaster wouldn't be the same without him. You are our first line of defense for uh, customer support. I can tell you that because whenever we have a problem, we turn to you and say, Andre, help us. The system isn't working right or we need to help this this user. What's wrong? <laughs> True. Absolutely. That That's correct. So... Most of the our app runs in the browser, and that's where I spend 99% of my time. So, yeah. Welcome back to Digital Nomad. If this is the first time you're listening to Digital Nomad, go back and listen to episode one, or else this story probably isn't going to make much sense. It's kind of like a soap opera. If you start in the middle, how are you possibly going to know which character actually has the evil twin? When we last heard from our fearless leader, Josh, the founder of Zencaster, he was just starting out on his digital nomad journey. He moved around a lot and then he fell in love and got engaged. But getting married, uh, not so fast. Back to my conversation with Lucy, who eventually became Josh's wife. Just so you know, I gave Josh, you know, a good scolding about how long it took for him to marry you. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> Lucy is a saint as far as I'm concerned. I guess I always think we were so fast to get engaged and then so slow to get married. Um, we got engaged. I was in Vermont. And I think when he got back to Hawaii, he was like, this feels fast. Um and I just, I hadn't really thought that much about it, I guess. And we were coming from like a super religious situation where that was very normal. Did you guys have a plan? We didn't have a plan. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we were just thought, you know, whatever, love conquers everything, right? So at this point, Josh is back in Hawaii at Brigham Young University. Lucy goes back to New Zealand to spend time with her family. Meanwhile, Josh gets some on-the-job training as a webmaster for the school. They gave him a new project that he really liked. And it was written in this um, programming language called Python and uh, using a framework called Django. And compared to the other stuff I had to use, I thought this was way more cool and interesting. A buddy of mine told me that he knew of a company that was hiring for that specific skill. And I was like, oh, cool, you know, who is it? And he was like, oh, it's this startup out in LA called Mahalo, you should apply. And I was like, uh, I've, I was like, yeah, that'd be great. I just, I've got only one semester left of school. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Famous last words. Cause it sounds like you did do that. I did do that. <laughs> and uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but it was New Year's Eve and 
I, I drink too much, I guess, and I don't remember everything. And I woke up the next morning with an email from Jason Calacanis, the CEO of this company, Mahalo. And it was just an email saying, talk to this guy. I guess that idea got stuck in my head about that job. And I apparently in the middle of the night on New Year's Eve, um, wrote him an email. I just wrote, uh, if you hire me, I'll write, uh, I'll write code in my sleep, I think is what I said. Which is appropriate because you basically were sleeping when you wrote that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. had too much to drink. I'm apparently able to do these things. <laughs> You're very productive. But wait, the story of how Josh actually landed that job at Mahalo gets better. You see that friend that Josh mentioned, the one that told him about the Mahalo job? His name is Al Doan, and he had a brilliant idea. Yeah, I met Josh in college. We were both at BYU-Hawaii. I'd been listening to uh, a podcast called This Week in Startups with Jason Calacanis. And, you know, it was like, it was just in the early stages. Uh, it was like the heyday for entrepreneurism and, and startups sort of coming back after the big 2000 bubble. I convinced him to, to call in to this, to this live podcast show and uh and like put the dude on the spot and like hustle a job out of it we got to the point of them making me an offer before it kind of fizzled and so i was in this weird weird position and at the same time i didn't really know how to evaluate the offer and so i was talking to al about this and he's like dude you should totally just call in and ask jason on his show (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, that's uh, that's pretty gangster. So uh, this is Josh. Josh calling Hello. from the 808. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. Okay. Uh, so, Josh, you have an internet connection. You're part of the interwebs. And you're calling that's from true. the 808. Where is the 808? Where are you calling from? Uh, it's Oahu, Hawaii. You're calling from Oahu, Hawaii. You have a question for us. I do. Let's hear. Um, well, here's my situation. I'm currently interviewing with a startup company, and I haven't gotten an offer made yet, but they told me that um, they're interested in offering equity in the company sure. in exchange for a reduced salary. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a web developer. I'm not super business savvy, I guess you could say, and I don't really know how to value. You know, if they say we want you to take $10,000 less in salary a year, and you get X amount of equity in the company, I don't know how to value that. Right. Okay, so... That's my question. What should I ask them to sure. really get a better idea of how to value the share in the company they're offering me? This is a great question. Now, you may not be able to hear it in his voice, but Josh later admitted to me that he was super nervous during this call. But a potential job was on the line. No pain, no gain, right? It's a little bit weird. I don't ever ask anybody to take a pay cut and get shares instead. And it basically means that they value the cash more than they value the equity in the company, which is also sort of a tell. So I don't know. It's a little, it sounds like a little bit of a weird situation. Are these people reputable? Have they done other companies before? Do you know who the investors are? Well, well, um, I feel like I got to come clean with you here, and I hope it doesn't blow up in my face, but I'm actually interviewing uh, with Mahalo right now. Oh, wow. You're at, so what you're at, <laughs> the example you're talking about is Mahalo. Right. 
Interesting. So he, he slow played you. He slow played me. <laughs> he slow played his aces. Uh, absolutely. What? Did you guys just catch what happened? Josh, who's trying to get a job at Mahalo, wants to know if the stock options offered to him are really worth the pay cut. The best way to find out? Call the CEO on his live show and ask him. His jaw dropped, and luckily he's kind of the, the kind of guy who... I think appreciates that sort of thing. So that kind of kickstarted the conversation back up and uh, ended up flying out there after that and um, got the job. So Josh leaves Hawaii one semester short of graduating and in typical nomad style, moves to Santa Monica to take the job at Mahalo. And that's where Josh first met Adrian Lopez. Zencaster's chief product officer. Let's talk about uh, your first memories of Josh. I know that sounds romantic and stuff. That's not what I mean by it. But like, do you remember the first time you met Josh and any kind of first impressions you had of him? I actually do remember the first time I met Josh, like the first time I ever talked to him. So we were both um, developers at this uh, startup in here in Los Angeles in Santa Monica, actually called Mahalo. <laughs> it was funny. I was actually living with my aunt at the time who was very old school and so she made me go to this like young hip startup like dressed up in a suit um and so i was sitting like in a suit in this kind of like lunch table setup where you know you'd have developers on either end of this lunch table um working and josh sat right across from me and josh and i are i guess we've always been slouchers whenever we worked so we'd always slouch down and that make it so that we would like touch each other's feet <laughs> like randomly <laughs> throughout the day. So <laughs> I'm slouching like I'm like uh, in my suit slouching and Josh and I kept uh, touching feet. I like leaned over. I winked at him. I forget what I said, but yeah, we kind of just hit it off from there. It's just like we both laughed and uh, started talking and started forming a friendship. So it was right. It was romantic. No, I'm just kidding. It was. It was right. Yeah. It was as close as romantic as you can get without it being romantic. Adrian is just a fun person to be around. So just having him at work. I'm kind of an introvert. I, I, I am an introvert and I'm pretty reserved. And so I kind of need people like him to be around that can get me excited about things, can rile me up a bit. And so... Um, He's always been a good uh, hype man, still is. It was like less than a year that he was at Mahalo with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he ended up moving on. You know, as soon as you work there for six months or a year, you're getting job offers that are third or twice as much. It's a stepping stone. Yeah, exactly. They they never figured out how to keep people around because of that it was part of the problem. But And so that was, mm. that was uh, I think, what happened with him. He was just getting way better offers. So where did you go after Mahalo? Where, where did your career path take you? So right after Mahalo, I pretty much just went right down the street. You know, Santa Monica at the time was just starting to get its own startup scene. I have like an innate appetite for risk that's maybe a little bit bigger than most people. I don't know. I like the opportunity for things to go up really high or down really low. Um, There's probably some form of therapy that would help me, but until... I guess startups are kind of my therapy. Like one of the big things about it is you just remember it. And the people that go through it together, they're often just bonded together really tightly because of it. It's just a fun ride. And if you're 
smart and you want to work hard and you want to change the world, I think it's a great avenue to do it. So Adrian had already left Mahalo and Josh was ready to leave L.A. He wanted to work with Techstars, a startup accelerator program that connects entrepreneurs and investors located in Boulder, Colorado. But Josh didn't get the glowing recommendation from Jason at Mahalo that he had hoped for. So I asked him if he wanted to, if he'd be willing to give me a, a recommend, basically. He, I, I don't know that he said no. I think he said yes, but he was also just like, you're not ready and you're going to fall flat on your face. <laughs> I think I was actually motivated by that. I think he pissed me off, but I think he was right <laughs> also. <laughs> so you think his statement actually helped you more than it hurt you? Kind of fueled the fire a little bit? I, yeah. I mean, I still think I still think about it sometimes, so I guess so. For me, that was the quickest path to learning what I needed to learn. Coming up after the break, Nomad Josh leaves LA in search of greener pastures in Boulder. And what's going on with Lucy? Hey guys, this is Josh Nielsen, the founder and CEO of Zencaster. Thanks for checking out our podcast, Digital Nomad, to learn more about the story of how Zencaster came to be. If you're a podcaster or planning to start a podcast, I'd love for you to go to Zencaster.com and learn how we can help you record your podcast. Zencaster now supports remote HD video recording as well as studio quality audio to make sure you look and sound great. We also help you mix your videos together so you can quickly and easily post your episodes online. We give you a 14-day trial on our pro account and our hobbyist account is completely free. And now, back to Digital Nomad. Welcome back. So Josh's life is pretty busy at this point. And the last time we checked in with Lucy, his fiance, she had just moved back to New Zealand to spend time with her family. Well, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? His life was super busy and I was kind of just really focused on family stuff. And I would have married him at any point, but then the longer we were together not getting married, the more complicated it became. Because <laughs> yeah. then I was like, oh, well, I don't know about this. This guy's kind <laughs> of a flake. Um, <laughs> I mean, I realize now in retrospect that I think I was also a committophobe in that situation. I was very comfortable with having my own life and my own situation and having someone that I could visit and spend time with, but that really didn't impact my day-to-day -day life. Um, and I think that was kind of his comfort zone. And for us too, at the time, uh, we were still navigating where we stood with the religion that had been a really big part of our lives. And it seemed that the only way to be together was to be married in the temple in the church and be super involved in that. When I think back on it now, when we got engaged, I think if we had been married, at the initial time that we had planned to, which was probably, you know, three months after we got engaged, I don't think we would have stayed together. I don't think we would have been able to stay together through that. I was young. I was kind of, you know, just getting my feet on the ground in a new career. I was, you know, I was going through, I guess, I, I would say a faith crisis, as was she. And I just didn't feel like it was 
the right time to do something like that confidently. Did you and Lucy ever talk about this, this religion stuff and try to work through this together? Or were you kind of trying to manage this separately? I think that was part of the problem is that I don't know that either one of us really understood what was really going on, mm-hmm. where things were heading. Like, I don't know that I knew I was in the process of like exiting the religion I was raised in. Right. I was just kind of trying to figure my life out and figure out who I was and all this stuff. So it was just a confusing time and it was, a, it was, it was not an easy time for either one of us. I don't think. And were you getting any kind of um, pressure from anyone about it? Like family, like, Hey, if you don't do something, Lucy's going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember having a conversation with Mike. I met Josh I don't know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, something like that, when he was dating my sister. I always got on well with him. Uh, I thought he was just a really nice, respectful kind of person. Were you surprised when they first started dating? Yeah. I, I mean, my sister and I, our family is is quite loud and um, Josh is quite quiet. Our family tends to like kind of speak first and then think about what we're saying afterwards and mm-hmm. you know and, and Josh was just very much the opposite of that. But if Josh was going to make it as an entrepreneur, he needed to be a bit more assertive. And that's exactly what he was trying to do back in Boulder, Colorado at Techstars. Okay, so we started talking about you wanting to move to Boulder. Techstars was there. I've never got accepted as a company to Techstars. <laughs> but that was the initial idea is that you wanted you wanted Jason's blessing, right? And you wanted to go out to Colorado and somehow be part of Techstars. Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think I hoped that I would eventually like get in or I mean, it was really that I wanted to learn more about how to be an entrepreneur and do my own thing. Obviously, I would have loved to have a company go through the program at that time. But I got one of the next best things was I got to be part of the program. And uh, I basically, you know, I got to hear all the same talks and be there for all the same kind of things. And, you know, I would I kind of think of that as a, a good part of my startup education, because you always hear like hypothetically, how hard it is and how most companies fail and all this stuff. But, you know, when you actually see it firsthand, uh, you know, it definitely drives it home. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. And then what was your main responsibility when you were with Techstars? I was there to be available to any companies that had needs within my skill set to get them prepared for the demo day. But one of the things, like I said, they kind of try to just make this a recruiting thing. So... Any company that wants to hire you outright to to um, get all of your time can do that, and that ended up happen, happening to me with one of the companies. So I spent most of my time helping a company called Salesloft. It's like a business intel. It's a sales intelligence platform. Okay, and they had gone through TechStars, and that's you. So you started kind of working with them because you were working for TechStars, and then that kind of led to you working for Salesloft. Yeah, there may have been an offer to work longer. There was there was a few opportunities to take jobs out of that um, experience, but I was only interested in taking part-time contract work. I was kind of fixated on doing my own thing. But what was that one thing? Some entrepreneurs search forever and never quite find it. Luckily, Josh and some of his friends at Mahalo had an idea. 
which eventually led to Josh creating Zencaster. Coming up on the next episode of Digital Nomad. There was this new conference called the Node Knockout Conference, which is all the people who like writing JavaScript on the back end. We ended up winning the contest. I mean, we're a couple of entrepreneur nerds, man. So like our favorite thing to do is to sit and try and build stuff late at night. That's sort of Josh's world. And I feel like Zencaster is a product of that. I was like, I'm done with this. I've got my own life now, I'm moving on. I wanted to be with him, but I also felt like if I moved somewhere with him, we are never gonna get married.